traditionally, for example, in the commentaries, uh, metta meditation is taught starting with oneself right in the beginning. Because the assumption is that uh, wishing oneself well is the easiest of all. And one starts with the easiest one and then one gets the feeling going with oneself and then, then expanding to others. However, uh, many Buddhist teachers and also Western psychologists have noticed that in modern Western culture and maybe nowadays more almost like global modern culture, um, many people find it un, uh, amazingly difficult to wish themselves well. There's huge issues about uh, possibly guilt, issues with low self-esteem and uh, disliking oneself, even self-hatred, self-harming. And whatever the reasons, uh, seems to be an established fact that so many people nowadays, uh, in the deep down, actually do not really wish themselves well, or at least find it quite difficult to do that unconditionally. They may not be fully aware of that. I may say, oh yeah, of course, I wish myself well, but I drink a bottle of whiskey a day. And in my opinion, it's not really possible. I think if someone uh, truly and genuinely wished themselves well, I can't see you know, how they would drink a, a bottle of whiskey a day. Someone may be saying, no, I wish myself well, but they weigh less than 40 kilo and are anorexic. And again, I, I don't think it would be really possible if there was a genuine wish in the heart for oneself to be well. Or the opposite, no one weighs more than uh, 200 kilos. Except now there may be some medical conditions causing that. But if it's caused no, by eating so much, again, I think it indicates there is probably not a very genuine and strong deep down intention to wish oneself well. There may be even an intention to almost like harm oneself. And uh, whatever the reasons, it may be due to a culture which is emphasizing guilt. The idea of guilt is I've messed up somehow, I did something wrong, and now I've got to be punished. <laughs> And, and the people may have that uh, deeply subconsciously. They may not be aware of that, but they feel that they are guilty. And uh, the idea is a guilty person ought to be punished, so they may try to punish themselves without being fully aware of it. Or maybe there was a sense of abandonment, maybe uh, as children they were neglected, or maybe they just uh, mistakenly believed that they were not liked or abandoned or by a partner or whatever is the cause. The fact seems to be you know, that many people find it hard to deeply wish themselves well. So this is a crucial one that we have to get that one. We have to break through that, we have to overcome that, and we have to find the ability that we truly and deep down, wish ourselves to be well and happy. And we can experiment there in our meta-meditation. 
And if we notice that we get quite a beautiful feeling when we direct metta to others, but the moment we try now to direct metta to ourselves, there may be a resistance or the feeling just breaks down and becomes weak, or there's all kinds of arguments in our mind why metta to myself is egoistic or this is not really good, I shouldn't do that. And that is an indication that maybe deep down in our mind there is some issue which we have to now overcome so that it becomes unconditional towards ourselves. Because A, it's never even Dhamma practice, we may grasp it the wrong way. Now, there's great opportunities if subconsciously we want to punish ourselves, and we may take up ascetic exercises and uh, see that as a way now of uh, punishing us. Or we may go into solitude, uh, not really to develop beautiful mind states of rapture and bliss, but because now that is the ultimate punishment even for the most hardened criminals in high security prison, to put them into isolation, is also called isolation torture. And then we may mistakenly do that and we think, okay, solitude, but perhaps there's the intention actually to kind of give us some kind of punishment. And then all these things will not really work. On the other hand, once we can establish a genuine intention of goodwill, we really wish and want to work for our own welfare, benefit and happiness for a long time, then quite automatically we will do things in the correct way. And we will apply the Dhamma practice in such a way that actually does give us uh, happiness and benefits. So it's crucial to feel that out. And once we have that feeling of metta going, while directing it to a nice little kitten or a cute horse or some people we like, and it becomes quite strong and we feel happy and wishing others well, and now directing it to ourselves. Now that is a crucial test and we have to figure out what happens with that emotion the moment we direct towards ourselves. And if it's wavering or getting weaker or there are you know, suddenly arguments coming up in our mind why we shouldn't do that, uh, then we know there's an issue and then we have to investigate that and go into it and uh, aim to overcome that. And one way of overcoming that is to remember that the Buddha himself gave the instructions that matter should be directed to all beings. And we are also a being, so we definitely qualify. And matter is unconditional. So it doesn't matter at all how much we have messed up. Even if we made huge mistake, even if we harmed ourselves or others in some awful way, Nothing what anyone could ever do would be a valid argument against granting loving-kindness. Because loving-kindness is not a condoning any 
um, bad or evil or harmful actions. There's two different things. Even if we are aware of that a certain action is unbeneficial and harmful, that is one thing. But granting uh, ourselves matter is a different one. So remembering these instructions of the Buddha, remembering that wishing well to ourselves has nothing to do with and uh, fulfilling any conditions. And we don't have to be a good boy or a good girl to deserve our matter. We don't have to be enlightened. We don't even have to have you know, a perfect precept. Now, all these things will later develop quite naturally. Once we de develop that loving kindness to ourselves, that will actually motivate us to sort out our precepts. It will come quite naturally because it's part of wishing ourselves well to keep precepts. So it doesn't matter what we did. It doesn't matter what our qualities, our character. We remind ourselves that we qualify by just being a living being and that we are following the instructions of the Buddha. That whenever we practice loving kindness to ourselves, it's a major part of making loving kindness a true apamanya vihava, a true limitless, boundless abiding. That may feel like now I'm only one of countless billion beings in the whole universe. So no, it should be only in the one trillionth of a percent that I do loving kindness to myself because the other beings are so many more. Now, this is a fallacy. It doesn't work like that. There's a much higher percentage to make loving kindness and really balance. There's a much higher percentage which have to go to ourselves and to other beings. And then both have to be there. Do you find it easier to direct loving-kindness to yourself or to others? Do you notice a difference? Hmm? Others? Or? Uh, I think it's naturally, it feels naturally easier to direct it to, towards others uh -huh. than to oneself. Yeah, that is you know, the modern attitude. In the time of the commentaries, for them it was utterly naturally to start with yourself, because obviously you like yourself. <laughs> Nowadays, people don't think like that anymore. I think even, even without, if you wish yourself well, um, and don't harbor any ill will towards yourself, uh, there's maybe an aspect of feeling a little indulgent, mm -hmm. potentially. That's one argument, it's egoistic. But there's nothing egoistic in wishing oneself well. Because matter means one's own true benefit. And sometimes people saying, oh yeah, wishing myself well, and now I indulge. I grab the money and just splurge it all, going out in one night, $5,000, bang. This is not really wishing oneself well. No, wishing oneself well would be no, concerning one's own true welfare no, for the long term. And that is not egoistic at all, because our own welfare is connected with the welfare of others anyhow. 
And if we are truly well ourselves, we will be able to help and also serve others. And it will be of benefit to others. Now, there's actually no real contradiction by helping and protecting oneself, one is helping and protecting others. By helping and protecting others, one is helping and protecting oneself. And once we understand that, then there's no longer a contradiction. But I think your analysis is correct. Often it feels wishing oneself well means wishing oneself to just indulge in an egoistic way, but, but this is not really what is meant. Yes. Particularly again in our culture, which is very extroverted. Like you need a mirror to see yourself, so to speak. And normally we go out. I totally agree. It's extroverted culture. But uh, the path of the Dhamma is uh, going inside and working uh, with one's own mind inside to a large extent. And that includes in also becoming aware of uh, what is the attitude towards ourselves. Now let's chant the verses of sharing and aspiration. Truth and goodness that arises from my practice. May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, may
Oh, 